Hey everyone, welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato, founder and fitness coach of Thrivology in Alexandria, Kentucky. And welcome to our series on better decision making. First, I want to quickly remind you that last week we did a series on the natural laws of health and fitness. That was a quick synopsis of the previous two months of information that we went over. Every once in a while, what I'd like to do is stop take a look at what we've learned so that we can make sure that we're integrating those things that are important and create those or build those into the regular routine of our life. And over time, I'm sure we'll develop a long list of quote, natural laws that we can pull from to make sure that we're making the changes that we wanna make. Natural laws, of course, are things that apply to all people at all times. So, All of these laws will apply to you. You can go back and listen to that series if you like. If you did listen to it or if you don't want to go back and get caught up, although I encourage you to do so, you can download the PDF of those 14 laws at thrivology.us slash goodwolfradio, thrivology spelled T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y dot U-S slash Goodwolf Radio in your email, you'll get yourself the PDF of those 14 laws. Now we will talk about decision making. A couple of things we've covered over the course of the last couple months have been have we've hinted about decision making and how to create new habits, how to do things better, how to show up regularly. All of that is about decision making. But What we want to really dig into is what affects our decisions, not only in the moment, but also just over a longer period of time. So why are decisions important? Why are we talking about decision making? Well, decision making literally is what creates our life. It's what we become over time. Habits basically are just unconscious decisions. Instead of us having to think about things, we just automatically do them. Um, We strive to become, when you're making changes in your health and fitness, what you're doing is striving to become something different. The Stoic philosopher Epictetus said, first say to yourself what you would be and then do what you have to do. When you're making changes, you're saying to yourself, here's what I want to be, here's what I want to become. You have to understand that that's all wrapped up in your identity, which we've covered multiple times, and we'll talk about infinitely number of times moving forward. But then is the task of doing the things. It's actually following through with the things that you say you're going to do. That means making decisions along the way. Now, I was curious to see how many decisions we make in a given time frame, in a day, say, for instance. And there's a number that's thrown out there that we make on average about 35,000 decisions a day. That seemed like a lot to me. And I'm sure off the top of your head, you're like 35,000 decisions. I don't think I make that many decisions. But here's how we do. We make decisions not only consciously, we make them also unconsciously. Actually, the vast majority of our life is dictated by our unconscious habits. That's why we talk so much about habits and why it's important to develop habits over time. And that could be how we make 35,000 decisions a day. For instance, me grabbing this cup, picking up, taking a sip, that's a decision. Me, you know, getting up in the morning, making breakfast, choosing one thing over the other, 
I don't know, going to the restroom, getting in your car, doing all those things technically are decisions. Like at every any given moment, you could make a million decisions. You got a million opportunities at every, every given moment. So anytime you're choosing to do something, you're choosing to not do a million other things in that moment. So technically, I guess you could say that we make 35,000 decisions a day, but you don't feel like you do. At least most of us don't feel like we do at the end of the day. Um, what we do feel like when we do feel decision making over time, or when we do uh, understand that we've made a lot of decisions in that day, we get what is called decision fatigue. So essentially what decision fatigue is, is uh, reducing our ability to do the hard thing when we know it's the right thing to do. You've heard that before in previous conversations as well. Our prefrontal cortex helps us with deliberate tasks. It helps us think through things. It helps us do the hard thing when we know that that's the thing that we need to do. And over time, when we make a lot of conscious decisions, our prefrontal cortex gets tired, it runs out of energy, and eventually we just start making default decisions instead. Instead of actually thinking through a decision, we just say, well, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to fall back on my default. That process, that, that falling back or that losing ability of decision-making is losing your willpower. You've probably told yourself or you've heard somebody say to you, I just lose my willpower. I don't have the willpower to say no or I don't have the willpower to overcome this temptation in front of me. That lack of, quote, willpower is just lack of the ability to make a deliberate decision. I'm making a deliberate decision to not eat this cake versus going to the default and having the cake anyway. When you make too many conscious decisions over time, you get decision fatigue. That is very real. So making things unconscious, making healthy habits unconscious and normal is very important. It is when the habits that you're trying to change that are already built in and intertwined with your life those that don't empower you to become your best, that have created dis-ease in your body, those are hard to overcome because they are already unconscious. You just do them automatically. Um, the psychiatrist, American psychiatrist C.J. Young said, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. So over time, when we get older, and we have health issues, we say, oh, well, that's just the way that it is. I'm, I'm 50 years old, and now that I'm 50, I'm going to start having high blood pressure and high blood sugar and knee issues and back issues and all of these other things. But what you're overlooking is all of the decisions that you've made up until that point and how all of those decisions have affected your health outcome at that point. So without digging too deep into how we get to that point yet, because over the course of these two, uh, of these three episodes, excuse me, um, we'll talk about a range of how we make decisions and how we trick ourselves into making certain decisions and how others trick us into making decisions as well, and then how we can overcome those. What I'd like to talk about today is in the moment, how, we can, how can we improve our decision making? How can we 
make better decisions in any given moment at any given time. No matter if you're at the office and you're trying to choose what path you should take for a given project, or if you're being tempted by a piece of cake, or if you're at the grocery store and you're trying to choose one item over another based on your nutritional guidance that you're after. There are three basic states that, our, that affect our decision-making at any given moment. The state of your mind, the state of your body, and the state of your hunger. The state of your mind, the state of your body, and the state of your hunger. All three of these things play a significant role in your decision-making at any given time. So let's break each down each one down individually so we can have a better understanding of what that looks like. First, your state of mind. This has to do with your current stress level, your current emotions, how you currently are feeling, um, whether you're angry, whether you're tired, whether you're happy, whether you're whatever, fearful, whatever, whatever those emotions or that feeling is in the moment. That's what we mean by state of mind. Now, when it comes to your state of mind or your emotions and your current stress level, there are two emotion types that you should pay attention to. One is called integral, integral emotions. Those are the emotions that arise due to an experience. So let's say you're at the grocery store and you're trying to choose between two different kinds of bread. One bread says that it's paleo friendly and that it's gluten-free and that it has all these other labels on it. The other bread says that it's also those things, but maybe it has less calories per slice. So you're trying to choose between the two. You're trying to read the ingredients, but you don't really understand what any of the ingredients means. And you don't really understand how important it is for something to be paleo. And what does that mean anyway? So you start to get confused about the decision. Once you get confused, which is an emotion, once you get confused about it, then you generally will just make the default choice. And that's what negative emotions will tend to do. They will tend to lead you to making just a default choice. Um, so that's an integral emotion. It is an emotion that arises due to the experience that you're currently in. The other type of emotion is called an incidental emotion. Make sure I'm saying that right. The, an incidental emotion. So an incidental emotion is an emotion that you carry forward from a previous experience. And these are the ones that are probably more dangerous than an integral emotion. An integral emotion, you can feel in the moment. If you feel confused, you can stop and you can go, oh, I'm confused about this. How can I start to clarify it? If you feel angry in the moment, you can feel anger arise and you can go, oh, I'm angry. How can I calm myself down? And <laughs> John is quietly sneezing in the background. Just um, tight. You're welcome. But with an incidental emotion, when an emotion is carried forward from a previous, previous experience, those are much harder to grasp because you may not realize that you're carrying forward, say, anger from an argument that you had 10 minutes ago to now you're at the grocery store and you're trying to make decisions on things to buy, that's if you're carrying forward that uh, high level of arousal, 
into the grocery store, you're going to much more likely go to your default options. So it's very important to both realize emotions that arise in the moment of when you're trying to make a decision. If you're starting to feel confused about something, if you're feeling angry about it, if you're feeling even happy or joyful about it, like those can also lead to, I don't want to say irrational decisions, but if you're too hap happily aroused, is that what right way to say that? I guess it can be. Um, like if you're too far on the other side, you certainly can make irrational decisions as well. Um, but also pay attention to those incidental emotions, anything that you're carrying forward with you when you're trying to make a decision. If you're trying to make a decision in the moment and you feel anxious about the decision, ask yourself if you're carrying forward an emotion from a previous experience. And a lot of times you might realize that you, that you actually are. And those can be dangerous, especially when you're trying to make decisions, which I would say that most of our decisions affect our long-term uh, health outcomes, but we just don't see those impacts until we're 50 or 60 years old. Um, and that's why transitions are very important. Transitions between one experience to the next are very important. And anytime you find yourself in a high arousal state, and you're going to another state where you have to make a bunch of decisions, calming yourself down or bringing yourself back up either way from that high arousal state is going to be important in the next moment. Okay. So your state of mind plays a gigantic part in your decision-making moment to moment. And it's important to pay attention to both emotions that arise during decision-making and emotions that have stuck around from previous experiences as well. That leads us next to state of the body. So state of the body means literally the physical state of your body, whether you're hunched over, whether you're upright, whether you're moving your head in a certain direction or you're moving your arms in a certain way or not. It also means the energy level within your body. So from a postural standpoint, there's two basic postures that most of us take. There's a closed posture where we're kind of hunched forward and our, eye, our arms are in close to our bodies and our heads are kind of downward. And then there's an upright open posture where our shoulders are upright, where quote unquote, in a good postural position, our heads are back, um, we're open to the world. Um, now, from strictly a confidence standpoint, a closed posture versus an open posture, there's been a lot of research done on these two positions. When we're in a closed posture, we tend to be, we tend to act more inward. It actually seems to affect our hormone levels at some, uh, at some level. I'm not going to go into that because I can't process it off the top of my head, but being in an upright posture, being in an open posture, um, brings a more quote, I don't want to say powerful, not powerful in a, I have power over you sense, but just a powerful in a, I have confidence in myself kind of sense. So when you're making a decision in a closed posture versus an open posture in an open posture, you'll be more confident in your decision. You'll be more confident in the choice that you're making and potentially you'll think more deliberately through the choice as well. Another thing to think about whenever you're making decisions and your body posture is the direction in which your head is moving. So most of us don't 
probably don't pay too much attention to that. But like if someone's trying to convince you to do something, they're trying to convince you to sell, to buy something, they're trying to sell you something, or it's just a friend like trying to tell you about their outcome with a new diet or something like that. If you're nodding your head unknowingly, it's more likely that you're going to do the thing and you're going to either buy the thing or also follow along with their nutritional, your friend's nutritional guidance. If you're turning your head from side to side, you're unconsciously disagreeing with it and you're probably not going to follow through with it. So paying attention to what direction your head's kind of moving in will also guide your decision making as well. Uh, Your energy level, very important with decision making. If your energy level is very low, you will have, you will lead to more default decisions. If your energy level is very high and you're very highly aroused, um, it'll lead to irrational decisions. So (laughs) finding the middle ground for your energy is very important. If you're, I don't know, going into the store and I don't know why that's like the example that I keep going back to today because the store has a lot to do with our health outcomes. But um, if you go into the store and you have very low energy, then you're probably not going to think through your decisions and you're probably going to make default options. You're probably going to buy things that don't support your goals that you're after. Whereas if you're way on the other end of the spectrum, you just, I don't know, got got out of a really hard workout, or maybe you just had a really good time at a rock concert. I don't know why you go to the store after a rock concert, but nonetheless, um, you're really highly aroused. You may make some very bad, not very bad decisions, but you may make some irrational decisions as well. So um, that energy continuum is important to realize, and it's important to keep your energy when you're making important decisions at a um, even keel, if you will, if you will, even even keel level. Don't want to be too high. Don't want to be too low. Um, so that's the state of your body and how your body, both your posture and your energy levels, will impact your decision making. Finally, we have state of hunger, which is very intriguing on how it impacts our decisions. I think most people. I don't want to make that assumption, but a lot of people understand that if you go to the store and you're hungry, you'll generally buy both more food and food that doesn't support your goals. In other words, more ultra processed foods. Whereas if you go to the store and you've eaten something already, then you have, you're more likely to actually buy foods that help you move you towards your goals. They're more wholesome. They're more whole food based. That's very true. Um, So here's kind of why that is. There's been studies done on this. Very interesting. Um, When we're hungry and we're making decisions, we are more impatient in the decision-making process. In other words, we won't think things through as well. We're also more geared toward instant gratification. In other words, we want whatever we're trying to get right now, and so we're just going to make some decision in order to get it. So hunger, for instance, or, or at the grocery store, if you're hungry, you, you're there for food. So you're going to get a lot, you, you have a tendency to get more food and you have a tendency to buy things that are more easily accessible. That's ultra processed foods. So instant gratification type foods. This is the same with other decisions as well. 
there was, there's, I can't remember the exact outline of the study, but basically people were broken up into two groups. One group was the hungry group. One group was the fed group, if you will. And they were given the option to either be given a hundred dollars in three days or a hundred dollars or $200 in 30 days. Um, the hungry group wanted $100 in three days. The Fed group would take $200 in 30 days. Literally all they had, they had to do was wait an extra 30 days and they'd get double the money, double the reward. But the hungry group, because of that state of mind and that state of being, they were geared more toward instant gratification and they wanted the thing sooner than later. Um, so it's very interesting and very real. This whenever you're hungry, you also tend to gear away from your long-term goals. You'll make decisions more based on what's going to, um, what's going to satisfy you now than what's going to get you moving towards your goals in the future. So hunger plays a very, very, very real, uh, role in our decision-making moment to moment, which is why when you're going to make an important decision, it might be wise to feed yourself beforehand. What you eat is also very important because high sugar foods will crash your blood sugar over time, which will lead to poor decision-making again because you'll be in a low energy state. So, excuse me, what you'll generally want to do whenever you're gonna make an important decision is eat a food that is pretty, I don't wanna say super high in protein, but high in protein, moderate in fats, medium to low in carbs, and then veggies are all always a, you can have as many of those as possible. So the protein and the fats aren't going to affect your blood sugar as much. So that's not going to really massively affect your, your energy levels and therefore potentially your decision making. But don't overlook the impact that hunger and as well as the mind of the body have on your decision making because they definitely do. And if you're not paying attention to those, in other words, if you're not making the unconscious conscious, as CJ Young says, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. Most of the decisions that we make that end up, maybe not most, a lot of the decisions that we make that end up having a negative impact on our life could have potentially have been overcome if we were in a different state. Uh, <laughs> if you can hear that, then <laughs> they're like celebrating down at the gym right now. I have no, it's my sister. She's, she can tend to be in a high arousal state a lot. <laughs> at any rate, um, so let's do a very quick review and then we'll look at some questions. State of mind, state of body, and state of hunger are the three states are three basic states that affect our decision-making. Your state of mind means your stress level and your emotion level. It's worth looking at both the emotions that arise in the moment and emotions that are brought forward with you from previous moments because both of those things will affect you and it's most likely going to be the one that's brought forward from a previous moment that you're not going to realize is there. So transitions from one moment to the next, especially when you're making important decisions, are gonna be important important decisions are going to be important. Yep. Um, state of body. So a slouch posture versus an upright posture. If you're more upright, you're going to be more confident. 
in your decisions overall. Also, the direction in which you're shaking your head and then your energy level. If your energy is too low or too high, you may make poor or irrational decisions. Whereas if your energy is in the middle and even keel, that's where your the best opportunity is going to be for your decision making. Um, finally, your state of hunger. You don't want to be instant gratification oriented. You don't want to be irrational. You don't want to be impatient with your decision making if it's very important, especially which if you're trying to improve your health and fitness, it is definitely important. So make sure that you're not well fed, overfed necessarily, but make sure that you eat something good whenever you're going into a situ situation where you're making good decisions. Here's a couple questions to ponder and think about based on our knowledge for the day. Number one, do I tend to let my emotions guide my decision making? It's very important to think about that because it's easy for us to convince ourselves that, oh, that's just who I am and I'm just, I'm just controlled by my emotions and that's the way that it is. But when you're constantly in a loop of not a place, if you're, not, if you're constantly not in the place where you want to be and you let your emotions control your decision making, then it might be worth looking at that. Not saying that that's definitely going to be the thing that helps you move forward, but it might be worth checking out. Number two, how much do I pay attention to my posture slash body language when making decisions? Again, if you're more closed, you may not be as confident in your decision making versus just being in an upright position will help that. Finally, how can I make sure that I am well fed before making an important decision? Well fed may not be the right way to put that because again, you don't want to be overstuffed. Um, the contents of your food is definitely going to be important when you're making good decisions. Like I said, high protein, moderate amounts of fats, veggies are free for all, generally speaking. Um, and then moderate to low amounts of carbohydrates because we don't want a blood sugar crash if we're making an important decision because that leads to bad decisions as well. Okay, that's all I have for you today. My friends, make sure that you subscribe. Make sure that you share with your friends as well. And until next time, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.